Anime Pulse, episode 572. of Anime Pulse. This week, as usual, Andrew Chen is joining me in a not-so-perky way. Hello. Yes, his groggy responses of drinking too much grog. Yep. This is a, a PSA we're actually bringing to you today. Don't drink too much, because the next day you'll suffer the consequences. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, could have uh, you could have switched to water or something when you were with your friend. Didn't need to drink the pints, my dude. No, no, no. But you know, I don't know. I I was gonna think of an excuse, but I'm too. I can't think of an excuse. I can't think in general. All I've got is another beer right now in my hand, so I have to say, don't learn my lesson. <laughs> well, you know what the best way to get over a hangover <laughs> is: hair of the dog. Exactly. Never, never sober up, and you'll never get hungover. <laughs> Pro tip. I can't think in general. Thanks, Al. Keep keep stock of those great quotes. They might help your children someday. Right. Anyway, so how has your week been? My week has been pretty good. Um. Yeah, so it's been a good week of work. We had a big Serta sale come through, so lots of lots of mattresses taking up the warehouse right now. A lot of people wanting to get those comfy, comfy, comfy mattresses to lay on and fall asleep. Uh, which uh, means I might get myself a mattress as well, because uh, uh, we actually have queens that are just sitting in the back that no one's claimed, and I can just be like, Mine and take it home with me. Nice. Yeah, it's one of the perks of working for the company. You can actually, if we have mattresses mm. left over, you can just take it. I think you have to like spend That's a little good. bit of money, but it's like, oh, here's like a couple thousand dollar mattress. That would be five dollars, please. <gasps> is it memory foam? Yep. Oh, I got good. like memory foam, sort of sleeper plush queen size mattresses. We even have California king size mattresses back there. I could take one if I wanted it. Oh, nice. You know they now make those with like this weird like coating on top with like this cold absorbent sort of gel shit on top ah, as well. So good. So it disperses the heat of your body so that like, you don't sweat at night, you don't have any issues no matter how hot it is. 
and stuff. Well, well, okay, probably if it was like really hot, but it apparently helps even the temperature out and absorbs and disperses any body heat, so you feel nice and relaxed all the way through the night. Yep, we actually picked up a, a new mattress maker, um, Severda or something like that, and uh, I guess they're like a European brand mattress maker that's like it costs like five thousand dollars for the baseline mattress so yeah they're expensive living it up so i guess congratulations on securing yourself a good a good comfortable mattress well be sure to turn it over i will i will update more when i actually get one i can pick up one and you know bring it home if i wish but uh no mattress is gonna sit on top of my chevy volt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, right. Well, have that hatchback the... car is not gonna do mm-hmm. well with a, something sitting on top of it. Hey, but hey, you work partially for like a logistics slash delivery company, right? You can't like maybe secure some sort of like discount delivery using your <laughs> yeah, own service. Yeah, if I could perhaps? pay for it. No, there's no discounts for that. Yeah, not for employees. No, no there's right. no employee discounts on like that kind of stuff. There, I mean, there's discounts on like products and stuff in the in the. Uh, First place, but uh, there's no employee discount for like a delivery. I'm sure actually, if oh, I talk to the Arnoffs enough, or, like I did good enough work, they just give me the delivery for free. But there's no discounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right. and my and my area is local, so I actually could have it delivered here any day of the week if I wanted. Mm. Except how for Thursday. How's the prospect? How's the prospect where you live on doing that thing where you can like rent a van for a day? Would that be cheaper? I mean, we have a no? we have a vehicle here. My father has a Highlander that I could use if I wanted to bring it home. So I could always just strap it down the top, and bring it home, and have a new mattress. But for now, I'm not too worried about it. Even though my mattress has like, mm. like that dip in it that I'm starting to fall into. Um, a dip. Yeah, the memory foam's like getting worn out in like the center of it. So like oh. when you go to sleep now, it's like you're rolling to the center. All right. Yeah, aren't you like when that happens? Are you supposed to do that thing where you turn the mattress over every like certain amount of time and it like helps even it out or something? Oh no. Like you flip the mattress. There's a thing where you like you're supposed to like flip a mattress, right? And uh, it's supposed to make it last longer. I have no, I no clue. I don't, fucking, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've just heard it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, Fire Emblem Hero news. Uh, it's been a while since what? we had some of this. I know. What? So you pl- you played a game of Fire? What? Well, I mean, I booted up the game several times to earn orbs and whatnot. But um, uh, yeah. Recently, they've been doing like a lot of banners. Like every single day last week was oh, like yeah. a new banner. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a one year anniversary. Uh, every day they've been making a new banner that you just get one free. You can just do one free draw every month. They've been changing banners, so see. got a lot of opportunity to get some. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Well, okay. um, mm-hmm. aside from those banners, which I had zero luck on, uh, there was uh-huh. the summer banner. I'm guessing. I can't really understand uh, read it because it's in Japanese. Oh. But uh, four characters dressed up in. Uh, up in... It's the kimono, yes, it's the yeah, Hoshiden Summer Festival. Yeah, so they're all wearing kimonos. One's from various uh, games. So, well, you've got two from Fates, and you've got two female characters from other games. So, both of them are from the Path of Radiance or Radiant Dawn series. Indeed. And so they're, they're, they're the only one Hoshido. that was kind of interesting to me was green. And so I used my, uh, free, my free summon, and I got her on mm. my green free hey, summon. Hey, nicely done. It's uh... 
Dancer units are always great. They're they're always useful to have. And she's also a green dagger unit, the first of a kind. So yeah, good. So I got her, and I was like, yay! I got got the older kind of woman looking one. And I was like, not bad. Not gonna play this game. I but got the uh, got I got the white haired one, by the way. So I got the Mikaya. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the red mage one. That was uh, pretty good. That's so. good. It's good. None of us wanted Xander or none of us wanted Xander or um, Ryoma, did we? I don't want to do to my team <laughs> sausage fest as it is. Need more girls. Is it? Yeah. It is. Well, and more luck with guys getting gold than girls. Sucks. Well, uh, you need to use reverse psychology. If you aim for the guys, you'll get the girls. <laughs> yeah. If uh, I've also been playing a lot of Fates, of course. Um, having a ton mm. of fun in that the summer event just ended i have my mm. kyoahime summer lancer she is absolutely adorable mm. i love her uh i also mm. got the uh tamomo summer edition uh version of her um and she's the better mm. lancer of the two because she's a five star gold instead of a four star but i'm not going to use her because kyoahime uh is my digital dragon snake waifu. Um, and Tamomo <laughs> is my friend, Raul. His, uh, his kink is Tamomo. And he spent over... Well, he spent a lot of money. I won't say exactly how much he spent, but he spent a lot of fucking money trying to get her this year, and he didn't get her. And he's, like, really super depressed about it. I even tried... I even messaged I support. And ask them if they could somehow transfer mine to him just like you know like i don't i'm never gonna use her i don't wow. want it. you know like please just take this one away from me give it to him or like just hear my plea oh, like beautiful. this dude's eating himself out of house and home spending oh money on your dumb cards <laughs> and just give him the girl and they're like oh sorry we could help you but we're not going to it's like fuck you support yeah. then again I, of I course guess if the, yeah he did get a refund mm-hmm. for most of his money and then he went back and spent really? it all again so it's kind of like, well, you kind of brought it on yourself, my dude. You should have learned. No, why? Yeah. You got your money back. I am surprised that even happened. Well, he has he has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you know, are you trying? Are you gonna let him down slowly? You're gonna be, you know, a good friend that just kind of slowly just, hey man, um, don't wanna interrupt you. You, I know you're having fun, but you know, as your mate, you should kind of. No, no, he's, he no. can do his own thing. He's a grown adult. I'm not going to tell him how to live his life. If he wants to go to a pachinko parlor and spend all his money away trying to play the game, that's fine. If he wants to buy digital waifus online and has zero luck and just keep trying to buy the same one, that's fine. I myself gave them a little bit of money for the summer event, but that's because the summer event was pretty fucking good. It made me pretty happy. It, like... You know, it was very funny. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'll give you some money when uh, Kyoahime comes up for grabs. And she came up for grabs. I threw some money at them. I didn't get her on the first couple of tries. Then I got her and I was like, yeah, I got her. And then Mikon, the Tamamo Fox unit, shows up and it's like, hey, I'm here too. And I'm like, why, why are you cucking? Why are you trying to diss my boy? You're not, you're not my favorite unit. I'm not going to use you. I'm not going to use you. Don't give me that look. Get out of here. But I don't burn her just for the fact that I don't want to, like, get rid of a really good card that's very unique. So it's like, uh, 
I could mm-hmm. earn a lot of unique orbs if, or a lot of unique uh, mana prisms if I do it, if I burn her, but I'm not going to. No gonna? No. No. I might if <sighs> my friend gets her, then I'll just burn her. But uh, for now, she'll just sit in my spot and remain unleveled because I'm not going to waste any cards on her. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, she's not, you know, she's cute. She fights with a, she fights with a parasol. With a giant beach umbrella. And, uh... But, uh, Kyohime, though. My, my <laughs> digital wife. Stalker, Yandere-esque. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's very much like, you know, who's that girl you're talking to? Do you want me to burn you alive again? It's like, I love you so much. It's like, <laughs> ah, if only I could have a girlfriend <laughs> that's actually like you. It's even better where this she, is, where like I had a, a original copy of her, which is her Berserker version, and she's like, "Oh, I see. There's uh, two of me now. That means I can love you double the amount." And I'm like, oh, "If I get three of her, is she gonna uh, fucking gangbang me or something?" Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. Th- I'm sure there's like a yeah. I'm sure there's something out there. I'm- I'm sure there's enough. There's a lot of fan art and stuff you can get off Fates. So I'm sure someone's made something of that nature. Oh yeah, I imagine it exists. I've actually started to get into the uh, mm. the delving into the Fate Dojin and holy shit, this comic had like every single fucking person out there has made made fucking Fate Grand Order Dojins. And as uh, Shield Bro mm. says, Dan Burrow is your friend. Jell Burrow is my friend, Shield Bro. Dan Burrow is more tame. Jell Burrow is where it's at if you want unrestricted access to everything. For those of you who are like, what's Jell Burrow and Dan Burrow? Porn sites, where you can upload a bunch of images. Although technically not porn, it's kind of like imager, but with zero restrictions on what you can upload. Barring, you know, like oh. the normal stuff. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So the it's more like, you know. You could be there and you could be like, oh, I'm looking at some nice Pikachu pictures. And it's like, oh, it's so cute. And then like mm-hmm. the next one you click, it's like, oh, Pikachu's fucking Ash now. Oh. Oh. Hmm. God. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> anyway. You playing anything else? Any other games? Anything you've watched? Any, you know, other, what else is there? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, though this week is my birthday. Oh yes! Happy birthday! Yes, Sanya Philo. August twenty fourth. My birthday is finally upon mm. us, and uh, I had the day off. I'm getting paid for it, and uh, nice. And yeah, uh, I plan to make some cinnamon rolls the Thursday beforehand for work. Ooh, so nice, I nice, will be nice. uh, yes, I will be baking up some cream cheese frosting, some vanilla icing, and some orange icing. Uh, cinnamon rolls for work on Thursday morning. We'll be making them fresh. Hmm. Yes. I'd love to try those, but unfortunately, um, yeah. Do you do, do, you do mail order? <laughs> I'll mail them to you, and then like you'll be like, I didn't know you had green icing ones. I'm like, throw them away. <laughs> but they're oh, so boy. delicious. Throw them away. <laughs> throw them away, you drunk <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I, I would, but they ran away on their own. They, they somehow become organic, bio-organic life form. 
Uh oh, they're picking up knives. Help me, help me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, like that, um, old, old, uh, American film, a horror movie about the food that comes alive and tries to eat you and shit. Can't remember what it's called. I think the stuff was called Stuff. I can't remember. Oh, Sausage Party was what? a more recent one. Oh, right, yes. Fucking that mm-hmm. garbage-ass and a fucking movie. Fuck that. You didn't like it? I hated oh, yeah. it. It sucked so much. It was fucking the worst in the world, especially the end. Or like they're having Seth a giant Logan, yeah. food orgy party, and it's like, gross. It's fucking disgusting. Oh, dear. It was like, All right. your food oh, is sentient. It, but I, I figure. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. know it's like its purpose is to be eaten. And then, like, fucking a douche throws itself up a dude's ass, and I'm like, what's this fucking movie doing? I guess it's going for the gross-out humor sort of thing, yeah? Yeah. Gross, for sure. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Yes. Anyways. uh, Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's about it for my week. I've been playing Overwatch. Uh, I downloaded a couple games. I bought uh, Graveyard uh, Graveyard Keeper, which is Uh kind of like Stardew Valley, but better. Um, cool. From what I hear. And I've also downloaded Majesty, a Fantasy Kingdom Sim, which is a very old game. I bought the gold version of it on good old games, downloaded it on my laptop. I'm super excited because that is a fan-fucking-tastic game, and I'm really excited to get back to play it at some point. Hmm, hmm. It's like, okay. if you've ever wanted to play a Sims game, but with, like, old-timey, like, fantasy kingdom-esque stuff with like dragons and warlocks and wizards and and vampires and and being a king and whatnot that's the game for you my friend you don't actually control units per se but you are the king you build your kingdom you like put bounties on things and like little units will like walk around the board and they have little cute sayings and yeah nice nice indeed yes and uh yeah that's been about it for me how about you um um if there was something i can't think so let's just go community stuff okay and community community stuff we actually don't really have that much actually we got fuck all with comments on the actual episodes at the moment so there wasn't really much to say there so going on to the forums um i just want to put a side note here they're they're too far past the threshold, but Margie B has posted new comments on AMV and Killers episodes five six five and five six six. So just this is just a little plug. Go over there if you're interested. Um, they're quite good posts. Anyway, on to this week's topic because there was nothing on last week's topics. It's called Momoi Mo Problems, which is about well Moi culture and anime. You know, Moi is a sort of basically means kind of cute, but not necessarily like. Moe always encompasses cute, but cute isn't always moe. It's it's weird. There's a definition on the forum thing if you don't get it, but it's quite a popular term in these anime sex sectors, so people should probably know what it means. But yeah, it's just about people sharing their thoughts on what you think of Moe's art styles and what shows that are completely influenced by Moe and what do you think about it and why. So getting into our first answer, we have an answer from Yotaru Vegeta, who says, I don't come to anime for Moe, but as my taste has matured and widened, I have enjoyed many a cute character. I don't, however, enjoy a bunch of girls just sitting around doing nothing and saying things that might be humorous to, I don't know, somebody with fucking bad taste. Uh, and then he says, more characters like Naru, Naru 
Kotoishi, please. And it's the girl from uh, ba ba Barakamon, uh, the country girl, and there's an image of her. So he uh, clearly likes that Moe character. Thank you for that. And then Zaldera says, excuse me for a second. And then is this like some sort of image from Danganronpa or something of some goth chick throwing up? And then he says, now that it's out of my system, my thoughts are too much Moe anime out there. Nothing wrong with cutesy shows, but they start saturating the market to the point of disrupting the production and other titles and other art styles. You need to start to ask yourself if it's necessarily a good thing. I do not want shows that are ostensibly about mature themes and characters have them drawn to look like elementary junior high schoolers. That makes for some odd value dissonances I am not comfortable with. Also, on the other reason I am not so keen on Moe anime is because some of them have really vacuous plots that are not entertaining sometimes, especially if done poorly. Have a good show about some difficult subject? Nah. Let's make a show about trying to hang out clothing to dry and obstruct them with them with contrived circumstances that ultimately have no bearing on what's going on. Too long didn't read. Moe will destroy the world. So, thank you Zaldera. It's a fair point. And next we have Rampant AI who comes in with I tend to look... What, what, why is there a message aimed at me? What? Oh. Okay, okay, it's, it is Danganronpa. There we go. Uh, I tend to look at character aspects in anime and other media such as Moe as one of several ingredients that the creator, writer, artist can call upon. Each of these is available as one component for use in a given work and are meant to be used when and where appropriate. As such, too much of a good thing can spoil the whole work. I can tolerate most Moe in the right context, but neither, can, neither would I like a show that's too much gratuitous Moe. And, and certainly not a show almost uh, comprised almost entirely of moe. No more than I would consider a dessert or just icing to still be considered cake. Not my cup of tea. TYVM, and I don't know what that actually... Thank you very much. Oh yeah, okay, I got it. I figured it out. I know what your young person's abbreviations are. And then, thank you for that. That's a very... That's pretty much my train of thought already, so Rampant's already pretty much says what I was going to say. <laughs> Thanks for that. And then next we have Queen Inoue who says, I watch anime considered Moe all the time. I like it personally. I mean, cuteness is always good. There we go. Uh, it's, it's, good to, it's good to hear a variety of feedback, you know. Ones that are more positive Moe, because I was expecting it all to be rather like uh, too much Moe. But what about you, Joseph? What do you think of Mo? Moe's like? For Moe? all right i like it in uh small doses i don't like it when a show is focused on being nothing but moe moe but uh for the most part uh yeah i'm fine with it i don't i've never seen a show that's like just like ah this is just moe so mm -hmm. yeah i'm good with it yeah you're all right uh, yeah yeah it's mm-hmm it's not I actually mean, something that's yeah. like very controversial for me, so it's just my opinion is mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. like yeah, it's good. Yeah, I am. Uh, my pretty much my 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 opinion. It's not going to last very long. It's basically a mix of yours and rampant AI, where it's like too gratuitous without any point is a bad thing. There are shows that are almost entirely comprised of Moe that I do like, though. Um, Lucky Star would be an example of it. I think it's it has a lot going on with its like characters and the events going on. 
so it's it's quite enough to stand on its own as even if it's just basically all moe and then more recently Eurocamp which I haven't reviewed but I really did enjoy which is all about camping and I think it uses the moe quite well to uh, make a what could be a boring subject matter interesting so it depends on it's, it's like what Rampant says it's, it's how you use it it's the context um, even a show that's all moe can be quite good but it just depends having them just sit around like Zyoturu Vegeta says and just gossip about stupid shit can be very grating and I'm surprised that so many of those animes still survive to be honest and yeah that's that's my thoughts on it too alright no refreshes I think we're good alright excellent excellent well I believe that uh, should bring us into our uh, industry news Indeed. Which we got a quite a few, so let's get through them, and I'll kick us off here. Okay. Uh, my first piece of news here is uh, a figurine designer, or at least a person claiming to be a figurine designer by the name of Koji Ihara, has opened up a brand new Twitter account on Monday, specifically aimed at people or businesses who have been affected by the business or the figurine maker Be Full. Basically, uh, what it comes down to is that, according to Ihara, B-Fool asked him to change the figure's plans when he was a uh, designer, uh, creator for uh-huh. those figurines, yep. when they had a contract with them, and uh, to change it from using acrylic resin, or acrylic style resin, instead of the PVC, which is, of course, a higher quality material than the resin. He refused, okay. and B-Fool suddenly dismissed him from the project. Didn't pay him for, right. for work that he already completed on a uh, figurine that he designed for encouragement of climb. Mm-hmm. And uh, also sees some of his personal property. Irahara what? believes that B-Fool, a company that manages other figurine makers such as uh, Pultura... FOTS, or F-O-T-S, FOTS Japan, Figure X, Insight, and Apricot Blossom, is attempting to deceive consumers. And after discussing Uh. the situation with his lawyer, Irahara decided to join forces with people of similar problems with the company and collect their stories. He is seeking people whom be... Or be Fool has denied after they reported buying inferior figurines from the company. People who have not received the appropriate salary or fees from the company, and people who be full unjustly dismissed. Irahara mm. emphasized the goal of the account is to collect similar stories and not to propagate hate. Of course, you know, this is the internet, so otaku, when they learn of a figurine maker trying to fuck over the people who are making the figurines, might turn on the company real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's some dodgy shit, though, that they actually, like, not only didn't pay him, but tried to seize his property. That's really fucking evil. Yeah, so, um, yeah, if, uh, if you happen to be someone out there who has purchased a figurine from one of the following makers, or B-Full itself, and you've noticed that it was of a subpar quality and not representative of what the picture was or something like that, then uh, maybe you might want to look into contacting Mr. Irahara 
and yeah. uh, responding to him and letting him know how you too have suffered from poor quality or being dismissed unjustly or one of the other things he's looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah, so the more testimonials he can get, the better. The better strengthening his case could potentially be. So, yep, man, it's it's good to it's good to hear like the little guy finally like you know stepping up and trying to like you know face off you know to about strike back against like this evil corporation that's got a bit too greedy for it. Just because he had some integrity, just because he wanted to keep the products to be of quality, it's just a shame. Um. Obviously, I'm not really much of a model enthusiast, so I wouldn't even be able to tell if they did sell me something that was PVC over or acrylic over PVC. But uh, I'm sure many people who actually do collect models will probably be able to tell the difference too. Yeah, so. that, that's probably something yeah. for more like the the otaku out there who are like super into the collecting the figurines and are like, "Wait a second, this isn't acrylic number two; it's number three. What a ripoff!" <laughs> It has the wrong scent. It's not the right color. It has the wrong taste. It has the wrong taste when I lick it. This is 2.6 centimeters smaller than what I was planning on buying. I won't put up with this. The firmness just isn't right in the wrong places. <sighs> Boy. We make fun of them, but uh, we're doing so in... Yeah. Uh, it, we're laughing with you, not at you. Yeah, yeah, yes. I, 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 I own figurines, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have like one or two back home. I just, I'm just not much of an enthusiast, you know. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not someone who like, you know, purchases this stuff on a daily basis or anything like that. I get mine from nah. Otakon, but uh, at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, mm. yeah, maybe. Maybe we should uh, be looking at these companies and be like, yeah, I'm not going to put up with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why people are willing to pay a little bit more for you know, their specific favorite anime character from this specific arc and this specific episode sort of thing, models of that. You know, you should get them, you should give them the quality that they deserve when they do that. These aren't as like cheap as like a Barbie action figure. A lot of the time, these, these models go for such a high price. So, yeah. Give the people what they want. Yep. Okay. Cool. Is that it? Yes, indeed. Uh, that is it for that one. Okay. So I have a uh, one. One of the two better pills I have to, I have to give today. The first one being more depressing. So I want to end on a better note. But uh, the first one's pretty sad. Um, Unsho Ishizuka, a voice actor, has unfortunately um died of esophageal cancer, age sixty-seven. Um, he's been a long-time voice actor and has voiced many beloved video game and anime characters, such as Professor Oak in Pokemon, um, Persona 4's Ryotaro Dojima, Tekken's Hihachi Mishima, Cowboy Bebop's Jet Black, and Mr. Satan in Dragon Ball. Um, so yeah, unfortunately he died of this illness, and he first debuted in 1984's anime Giant Gorge, uh, and then, you know, he continued to work until the year of his death, you know? Uh... His most recent role was him starring as the narrator in the anime version of Sword Art Online Alternative Gun Gear Online. I didn't know that. And um, he was well known for kind of voicing kind of like older, kind of rougher style voice characters, male characters. Um, Ishizuka died on the 13th of August and 
his death was not uh, made public until the seventeenth. However, but uh, by the time his uh, by that time his family has already held held a private funeral, and a public farewell ceremony is planned. Although uh, the date has not been announced just yet, so that's unfortunate. My condolences to his family, and of course, the industry itself has lost a very key talented figure in it. So, yeah. Our condolences. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I believe that brings us to my second piece of news here, which, uh, if you are a netizen or one of the many people who frequents Twitter, you might recognize the name Melonpan, who is uh, basically Switzerland's most famous and most perverse otaku, or at least self-proclaimed perverse otaku. I'd I'd say he's one of the world's most famous perverse otakus, really. Like anybody who's been on like forums and stuff, I've seen like a gif of this guy. You know, All right? This is well, yeah. uh, Mister Mister Melon Pan, who has gone through some rough patches in the past few months. Uh, basically, in April, he lost his job at the Swiss bank UBS after his employer found out about his pension for pornographic anime and manga. A month later, he landed a job with the delivery service DHL, but once again, he tasted a defeat in the uh, employment industry as the company fired him on his very first day after checking his Twitter, basically. However, he still had enough financial resources to make a trip to Japan this summer for Comicat. And on his way back home, instead of bringing the 66 pounds of doujin that he wanted to, he decided to mail it back to himself because, you know, cheaper. Well, it's turned into a nightmare for him. Basically, instead of coming home to a package uh, full of his, you know, his gotten goods, he uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. got a letter. A notice that his parcel had arrived, but was was seized by Swiss custom officials. In a tweet, he put, On my most recent trip to Japan, I mailed 30 kilograms of doujin, mostly lolly. But today, customs told <laughs> oh. me they've confiscated oh, it, wow. and I must come in soon to explain myself. Oh, God. So, it's actually lolly stuff, too. Oh, man. Yes. It's lolly stuff, which, of course, in many customs, they can... You get kind of butthurt about it. It depends on who you're going through. And uh, uh-huh. sometimes people just like, hey, it's just drawn. It's fake. But sometimes it's also yeah. like, well, this is fake, but it's, it can't be based on a real person. It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Fucking old oh, frogies. Well, the situation didn't turn out any better. The next day he went in and another tweet came out for him. The situation isn't looking good. This is the down part. It's like the female officer handling my case has no tolerance whatsoever for hentai culture. And it's even, (laughs) and she's even stricter about lolly stuff. Is Uh this as far as my hentai gentleman list will take me? I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And not soon after that, he put out another tweet that says, well, time to move to Japan. And then mm-hmm. a following tweet after that of goodbye Switzerland. Uh huh. So, so I guess he's had enough of Switzerland's bullshit uh, regarding his stuff that he's probably purchased 
uh, a lot or spent a lot of money purchasing. And he's like, go fuck yourself, Switzerland. I'm going Japan. Mm. Which, of course, you know, in Japan, you can still be subjugated for a lot of like, if you're very yeah, brazen yeah. about your mm-hmm. um, otakuness. You know, you could still be mm-hmm. kind of like given the stink eye by a lot of employers. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, at least if he buys Dojin next comic hit, he won't have to <laughs> send it back through Switzerland where he'll be held up by some bitchy female officer who's like, no, no, can't have this. Even though it's drawn, it could be real. What happens if you want the real stuff next? And it's like, I don't think you understand uh-huh. what this, this stuff is about. <laughs> Ugh, old people. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I got so, pretty got pretty heated at one point about this when uh, TC used to be around. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I got fucking upset about like this dude and uh, who was getting arrested in Canada for uh, his collection that he was bringing over from Canada into the states, or was it the other way around? And out of the case, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, he was coming from a convention. He had a lot of. Uh, dojin on him and some of it was lolly and of course he was being arrested for it and uh, it was like it got me it makes me so so angry like I actually was like fucking swearing and shit and I made oh, I think really? I made TC you uncomfortable usually... with how angry and yelling I got where it's just like wow. all these motherfuckers out there that don't understand hentai's fuck yourselves go fuck yourselves mm. it's like I, you so don't get it you're so your opinion on the matter is that they shouldn't regulate it at all, or should have let them just kind of if it's drawn, as much it's as fake. Want? That's as far as I'm considered. I see. I see. Fair enough. So it doesn't yeah. matter because then the people's like, their their only only objection I've heard about it is from the retards that are like, oh, what happens if it allows your imagination to go wild? What happens if you want something real? It's like. You dumb motherfucker. Do you not understand? This is the kind of shit that keeps those actual people out there from raping your kid. How about you fucking let them have their what they want so they don't do that because you take away from them. Guess what they're going to do? Your kid's going to home home raped. Good job. Fucking retards. I don't want my kid getting touched by diddlers. So I will Uh let all the pervert perverted perverts out there have their dojin, have their hentai. I don't care if it has kids in it. I don't give a shit. It's fake. I don't want my kid getting touched. Let them have their alternative. Mm-hmm. So I see. I see your point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's then quite a idiots out matter. there are just like no, take it away from them. They shouldn't have it. It shouldn't exist at all. It's like, well, then I hope you're okay with your kid getting diddled. Wow. Fucking idiots. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of how heated I got, but not quite. I got a bit more, nah, yeah. a bit more yelly. You're, so, you're still more soft spoken. Yeah, yeah. You're still quite politely spoken here. <laughs> politely so. spoken. I'm basically telling people to go fucking kill themselves and their fucking idiot, retarded ass ways. <laughs> Just like rah rah rah. I'm old. I'm a retard. I don't understand the new <laughs> ways kids do things. It's like, well, hurry up and die, Grandpa. <laughs> well, Make for way the for internet, the... that sort of speak is Tuesday. Yeah. Make way for the new generation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any hoozles, what you got for us? Uh-huh. Something, and... something to bring us up? Something a little happier? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Still another bitter pill. Not so much. Not as bad as the other one. And, and this one, nobody died. So that's a good thing. But unfortunately, 
uh, Washinomiya Shrine, Tokyo's oldest, the Tokyo Air's oldest shrine and a real-life backdrop for the Lucky Star anime series that was shown in the opening, uh, has unfortunately um, collapsed on Sunday, last Sunday at 10.40am. Um, it didn't kill anybody, as I said, but it did crush a car, like the trunk of a car, and the driver was in there and was shocked, but that's about the worst of it, really. So there, there's that. Um, the the cause of the incident is, despite the um, wood of the structure being waterproofed, some, somehow, I guess just due to age, some managed to get in and cause some mould or some sort of softening of the wood, uh, dampening to happen, so that weakened the structure and eventually did collapse. So that's unfortunate, but, you know, I guess at the end of the day, nobody got hurt. Uh, the shrine has been a popular pilgrimage spot for otaku, um... Likely because of it, uh, the the Tory Gate was previously has been restored twice, and was erected during the Meiji period. Not that I know exactly when that is. I'm not very good at when it comes to my history with Japan, but you know, it's one of the not as covered ones that you get. Usually, it's always Edo period whenever they cover that in anime and stuff. Which, speaking of which, we'll get into that later. Um, and apparently pilgrims have numbered in the 100,000s for New Year's Day celebrations. Um, it appeared, it first appeared in Lucky Star in the year 2007, by the way. And pretty much that's it. I mean, yeah, the shrine collapse, it probably was going to get restored because of its historical significance, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, I sure hope the guy's, um, car gets, like, insured and they pay out for that or somebody manages to cover that because it's a bit of a shame that someone's car had to suffer, but... Hey, nobody died, so there, there you go. Mm-hmm. There's, there's your silver lining, and that's about it, really. All right. Bum bum bum. Yep. All right. Okay. Well, I believe that's done for industry news. We can move on to our hybrid show because you've got previews and I've got reviews. You've got two. I've got one. Yep. So why don't you get us started right. here? Previews up the wazoo, because there's just plenty of shows to cover this season. But, uh, yeah, okay. Um, so, back onto the subject of previews again for me. Today's two shows revolve around the subject of stores that deal with uncommon wares, with a certain interest in historic goods. Oh, also both anime are structured in a case-of-the-week episodic structure as well. But, anywho, starting off we have Kyoto Teramachi Sanjo no Homes, or Homes of Kyoto Teramachi Sanjo. A show about the antique shop Kura in Kyoto Teramachi Shanjo's shopping district and the protagonists who work there. There's the titular Holmes character who gained the nickname due to some contraction of his actual name, which is Yagashira Kiyotaka, but he also is also befitting of the name due to his exceptional observational and deductive reasoning skills that he demonstrates throughout the episode. It's also customary for a Holmes character like uh, a Holmes-like character to be coupled with an assistant of some sort. Serving that purpose is Mashiro Aoi, Aoi a high school girl who, as of the events of episode 1, has been working at the store for two weeks. But we also get to see where it all began also. So, it begins with these show, how these shows often do, with a display of cherry blossoms in full bloom, and Aoi uh, walking around with a paper bag clutched close to her chest. The sight of couples in the area only making her seemingly more down until she wanders into Kura for the first time. 
She is at first taken aback by how grand and almost otherworldly the interior of the store is, until her attention is captured by perhaps the most otherworldly thing of all, a super hot guy behind the counter. Skip to two weeks later and we see that Aoi is now working there with the cleaning apron on and after she is done with her duties, Holmes is training her in appraising antiques before the actual first case begins, where an obviously sleazy guy tries to pawn off some counterfeit item. Obviously it's no difficulty for the Holmes to see through it all and luckier still the guy has an awfully terrible poker face. That all said and done, the two have a meal and chat till the subject drifts back to the first meeting, and we're once again taken two weeks prior to what we saw at the start of the episode. In this scene, we see that Holmes evaluating something genuine this time, before he approaches Aoi, and with incredible accuracy deduces so much that Aoi at times he verges on being a mind reader. We learn though, uh, through him, that she's been to Kyoto for six months, that the items she has for appraisal were taken from the home without consent, and that she is desperate for money for some reason or another. While Holmes cannot purchase an item from anyone under 20 anyways, he does decide to appraise the two scrolls that she has with her, uh, both of which would fetch a real pretty penny. I think how the first one was valued at about 4 million yen, and the second could be worth even more than that. The subject eventually comes round to why exactly Aoi needed the money to begin with, and it could be summed up as basically teen drama. Back in Saitama, Aoi had a boyfriend, and after she moved to Kyoto, they weren't able to make a long-distance relationship work, and thus broke up. But that's not what set Aoi off. What set her off was that immediately her ex hooked up with someone else, and it's hinted that this other girl was actually her best friend or something, something along those lines. Thus, she wanted to buy a train ticket and get her feelings out uh, known to him properly. After this, Aoi breaks down in tears, but Holmes, ever the charmer, knows what the key to a woman's heart is. A history re lesson related to the scroll painting that she brought in. After this, Aoi admits that she was acting selfishly, uh, in selfishness and Holmes offers her a job so she can actually buy a ticket the honest way. Though it's not only, our, it's not only out of pity that Holmes offers her the job, noting that she seems to have a good eye as well as naturally, uh, as well, naturally drawing herself to a bowl that values at over 60 million yen when she first entered the store. Anyways... She meets Holmes' grandfather, who actually owns the establishment, and he hits on her, because old men be perverted, I guess. And we get a teaser shot of the sleazy guy from earlier, beneath some evil mastermind figure who I guess is supposed to be the Professor Moriarty equivalent here, dealing in counterfeit items, I guess. The episode ends with Aoi finishing work and Holmes revealing that he knows where she lives. The way he plays it off does not make this any less creepy, but he gets the opposite effect you would expect because he's hot and she's lovestruck. Aoi's narration says that this is a story of the cases the two of them solved in Kyoto as the credits roll. So first impressions, with the art and history being the two passions I have, I was pretty taken with the concept on paper. Still, it takes a very skilled direction or narrative framework to make such subject matter engaging and not come across as a glorified lecture or visual textbook. So to that end, you have the mystery edge they're going with, with the heavy influence from the famous literary detective, along with the potentially how much you've, uh, along with potentially how much you can, you're taken in by the characters on screen. At least from the start, I'm not entirely sure that this take on Sherlock plays to the strength of its source material. None of the mystery here draws you in as you uh, put and has you putting your thinking cap on. And gone is that sense of excitement and suspense that's in Sherlock Holmes stories. 
What referencing Sherlock works best for is informing Kiyotaka's character, as he indeed displays a similar level of intellect, yet that's all that seems to have been carried over. Beyond his intelligence, Sherlock is typically an interesting character with a strange charisma and obsessive qualities that borders on insane. But all that seems to be present in this iteration is that uh, is this elegant, butlerish, pretty boy personality with merely a hint of malevolence that might just be there to appeal to the feminine audience. Many fangirls like a guy with at least some bad boy traits to them, after all. That's not much for me to say about. Uh, that's uh, there's also not much for me to say about Aoi. She's pretty basic in personality, quite simple and easy to get, but I guess it works decently enough as a viewer surrogate who's less experienced. She's functional enough as an assistant, though, and plays off Holmes well enough, I suppose. Not gonna lie, I was initially drawn to this show for no other reason because it was by Studio 7. The geniuses behind the legendarily bad but hilarious Osama game. Uh, they rarely, if ever, put out anything that's actually tasteful. Uh, so I was curious to see what they were they could they could do with going something more family friendly, and credit where it's due, this is not a bad looking show. the The colors and lighting is attractive, and the background art is pretty decent. The characters look and animate okay as well, though. Uh, but there's nothing super eye catching or memorable on display here either. Um, and that might be the biggest detriment of all. Everything in this episode is explained to us primarily through exposition with visuals playing kind of a supportive role. And again, when you're dealing in art, especially art history, you need a strong presentation to keep it interesting. Bottom line, the show looks good, but not good enough to make uh, the subject not come across, frankly, a little boring. And that is something I couldn't even say about Osama Game, despite that technically being worse than every other account. So while my interest in the show isn't completely gone, I am in no rush to finish this one. It's uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of dull, to be honest. That's about it. Interesting. <clears throat> Which yeah. uh, I wouldn't say uh, the original Sherlock Holmes is dull at all. So yeah, yeah. That's maybe the thing. maybe just like, go read hmm. some of the ventures of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, uh, it's public. There's so many versions of it. You could read it. You can watch so many TV versions or mm-hmm. anime. You know, there's even other animes that you're like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, like, there's that one Gosick where they've made Sherlock into a lolly. There's a there's a old cartoon uh, where they brought Sherlock back to life uh, and yeah, made Watson so. like a robot. <laughs> See, so there's all sorts of interesting stuff you can do. Yeah, uh, but this one's just about appraising antiques and fake antiques are the bad guys. I guess I don't know. You had to. Yeah, it's really hard to sell this sort of concept without it feeling really boring but uh no hmm. nice try studio seven nice try interesting all right well yep. that brings me to my review uh which i'll be doing shokugeki no soma the third plate part two uh because uh pulling a move in the anime industry i have come to hate the third season of shokugeki no soma wasn't actually over when it ended in December of 2017. Instead, the anime season had gone on hiatus until it resumed in April of this year. And all I can say is that they clearly needed the rest. (laughs) I'm not sure what exactly happened during the break, but the second half of the season, which I'm thusly dubbing 3.5, had a return to some amazing looking food and fun battles. 
Hmm. I'm not going to go around and reintroduce everyone and all the concepts of Food Wars, but if you're new to the anime, then you should stop reading uh, or you should stop listening to this and uh, go watch the first season. I mean it. Picking right off where the anime paused in December, we watch as Edina digests the newly acquired information that Soma is actually the son of the man she had a crush on for oh so many years. Thankfully, that they kind of fixed the horrible shock ending from last season where this bit of news was announced. You hated that. But it still doesn't do enough to show us, like it does in the manga, how conflicted she is about this fact. Apparently, attempting to bar Soma from entering as well as remembering how his food made her feel, it suddenly dawned on her that maybe her body was being more honest than her personality was. It's not long until we get to the nitty-gritty of what Season 3.5 is all about. Erina's father, mm-hmm. Azami, flips the school on its head, brainwashing the students, closing down clubs everywhere, and forcing everyone to abide by his new methods of how to cook or face expulsion. Obviously, Soma and the gang are not about that, and challenge his authority using the only thing they have at their disposal, shokigekis. Though it's uh-huh. only after Soma's father, Joichiro, puts himself up for grabs at Izami Bites. This leads to a small crew that includes Soma, Erina, Megumi, and Takumi heading off to face off the various challenges that Izami attempts to throw at them. If you're wondering what happened to everyone else, well, they kind of get relegated to being background characters who comment on the battles due to being defeated early on. Now, after a small friendly battle where Joichiro and Dojima split the groups to test their abilities, we get our first great battle with Soma cooking off against Akira, the Spice Master himself, now under Azami's thumb. Thankfully, Akira is not himself, so while he still produces an amazing dish, he just can't shine through like he did the last time he faced Soma. This battle did go on a bit long, I felt, as they spent a little too much time talking about the difficulties cooking bear meat. However, during the actual Shokugeki, we meet Erina's uncle, Soma earns himself two new fans, girls, and Akira gets a nice slap to the face. All in all, nice battle. Just ran on a little too long. Hmm. Now, before heading to the next goal, which is the final battle, in a sense, we get some backstory on why Azami is the way he is. And wouldn't you know it, he too had a crush on Joichiro. Guess the tree doesn't sit too far from the apple. The stage is then set when Soma's team, facing off against some of the lower-rung members of the Elite Ten. Though, due to a difference in numbers, Soma recruits four more members, including three previous members of the Elite Ten and the copycat chef from the first season. This battle Ah. has one-on-one battles, or this war, I guess you could say, the Shokugeki, but we Mm -hmm. end up focusing on just a few as the rest were decided before they even began. Poor no-names. The best of the battles had to be Soma versus Nene, 
a childhood friend of the naked apron-wearing Satoshi, and an actually reputable member of the Elite Ten. I honestly <laughs> loved how Soma did his own thing and just kept boggling her mind until the very end when he blew away the judges and blew off Nene's clothes. Because, you know, foodgasm. Yeah. Now, while this was a pretty major shokugeki, this isn't the end. There's still the higher tier of the Elite Ten to get through, and, as I know because I read the manga, Azami himself comes down off his high horse to act as a judge, along with two other really attractive women. That had me wondering how Edina's mother feels about all this. Though she might actually be dead like Soma's mom, given the fact that she is never mentioned or shown. And unless she's cool with the abuse, she would have stepped in to protect Edina from her father during those rough years he spent brainwashing her. What is it with mothers in this anime and not being around? Seriously. Yeah. They have the, the white-haired girl has her mom. Yes. And she's amazing. Yes, her mom with yeah. the broken English and all of a sudden it's like... Yes. Like, you, you can speak Japanese very fluently and she's like... <laughs> it's like... Eh, chichpan, eh, good, no good. Yeah, she's amazing. Oh my god, yeah, so I cute. love her accent. It's and then so she's funny. like, "You make a dish for me, I'll fucking cut your balls off if it's not amazing." He's like, "Oh shit, oh shit." Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they do exist. There is such a thing as a mom. Yes, the mothers do exist. Megumi has a mother. You know, Edina's cousin has her mother, but like the main characters, the big main characters don't have mothers, and it's like, what the fuck? Where is your mom? Did she eat food and orgasm too hard or something? Seriously. Now, <laughs> the animation was done by JG's staff, who continue to cook up us the delicious animation for the season. And as I had mentioned, I think the break they took did them some good. The dishes looked amazing compared to last season. Even when mm-hmm. they were simplistic, the fun foodgasms were also back in full force. As for voice acting, thankfully, Arena's new VA, Hisako Kanemoto, has settled into her role rather nicely. Perhaps it's nice. because I haven't heard old Arena in the, well, from the first season, but I think she did a fine job filling in for Risa Tanade. I, she got that royal twang? Yeah, now? she's got the twang. Yeah, I think she's got the twang down. Yeah. And I don't doubt she's going to continue to play Arena from now on. Mm. Yeah, I don't okay. think they're going to bring back Miss Risa. Or Risa. Mm. Now, my favorite character, we've had a cast of powerful characters show up. We had got a new Erina, who showed us she broke free from her father's chains, but I still can't pass this award to anyone else besides Soma. He continues to dominate as a powerhouse of entertainment, from the odd ways he goes about cooking up his creations to his general flipping attitude towards most interactions. There's even some pretty good moments between him and Erina, which has me, a Soma X Megumi fan, a little bit more than worried. He truly <laughs> is becoming my top favorite character of recent memory. Hmm. So, uh, Shokigeki no Soma, the third plate, part two, 3.5, gets a download now. Yeah, as expected. Yes. Is a strong series. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would agree that if, if the previous seasons got a download now, this is one of the stronger ones of them. So it was there was never any question. So, yeah. 
Cool. Cool. Yep. All right. So the, so far, this this series is batting just straight download now. So hopefully they don't drop the ball whenever they if and when they probably it's more like a when they continue this. So yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. a win. Like they're at least going to finish this whole arc up with Edina's father yeah. Azami being here. I don't know if they're mm-hmm. gonna get started on the next one because it's kind of a weaker arc thus far. Mm-hmm. Because Azami is like the big bad guy, he is the villain. The next guy, yeah, who, you want to see him taken out. Yeah, yeah, in the manga right now, they've gotten to where Joichiro has been like, "Hey, I've got another son," and then that son actually kicks Joichiro's ass at cooking, which is fucking bonkers because Joichiro is the best chef in the world. So he gets mm. defeated by this other son that he has. The other son shows uh-huh. up to the school pretending to be a uh, teacher. And then Soma, mm-hmm. who is now the number one seat on the Elite Ten, challenges him, or gets challenged by him, fights him, and loses a battle to him, a Shokugeki, right then and there. And the dude's like, all right, so this is how we're going to bet. Like, I bet these two things. And they end up betting over Edina. <laughs> uh, which Ooh. is funny because Edina shows up in one panel and Soma's like no her mouth belongs to me and the other dude's like but her body belongs to me and Edina's like she passes out after like getting a nosebleed and whatnot it's like oh that's that's pretty funny but then like his whole thing is like the son that showed up is like uh, Edina has to be mine because she's got the best mouth around so I need someone who can actually critique my food correctly and so like Mm-hmm. In the most recent episode or the most recent uh, chapter, it's like he carries her and the princess carry away from after winning. And it's like, Erin is a stronger woman that I hope. I hope she's not going to be like, oh no, Princess Carrie, oh no. Like, I hope she fucking punches his dick off and like, get the fuck away from me, asshole. Mm-hmm. What the fuck you doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She she has flip back, flip flop because when she, when you first, she first appears. She is like one of those indomitable characters who just seems very strong mentally and stuff. But, you know, since seeing Asami, we've seen a weaker side of her. So it's and not entirely surprising that she, she has does that get very like tsundere when it comes mm-hmm. to romance stuff. So it's like, ooh, I hope you grow a pair of balls, Eddie Nunn. Fucking kick this dude's ass, please. Just tell him, like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know you from yeah. Jack. So I'm not going to marry your dumbass. Mm hmm. Or maybe you want that if you prefer the um, Megami pairing, to be fair. True. I do prefer that. But like I said, she kind of grew on me a little bit this season. So. Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because well, you've read further ahead. So I'm surprised that something that happened in the anime, which you already well, know was going to happen. Because the, the thing manga, is, she grew me in the anime, writer. but in the manga, she doesn't. Uh-huh. And in the manga, okay. it's a lot more clearly like now focused on Megumi X Soma. Because at one point, they end up going to a hot springs and they both are at the hot springs together and they share a room and like oh, megumi's like oh my god I'm, I'm sharing a room with Soma. he's sleeping right next to me oh, oh. and i'm like oh yes let it happen let your thoughts take control <laughs> of you young megumi let the hate flow through you let the lust take over it's less thought and more instinct i'd say but uh yeah give in to the dark side <laughs> yes um, if not, there will definitely be doujinshi artists that will take advantage of the oh, scenario. Come so. on, there's there's doujinshi artists. It, it's also. already, ha- it's I've, already happened. I've seen that yeah. doujinshi. You don't need to tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not surprised. Uh, you, 
Always on the ball. You've got your finger on the pulse on that. I got my <laughs> finger on the pulse of something. Mom saying. I know what you're saying. <laughs> uh, uh, now that visual's right. in your mind, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Vegeta, moving along. Now you're thinking of him Vegeta. touching you. <laughs> ah! Um, my my next preview is gonna be pretty short. It's not as long as the other one, so um, so actually we're gonna be in for a pretty short episode today. Um, the final serving not only fits into the theme, but also doubles partially as a request preview by listener Queen Inoue. A little mention here to the live listeners, my final week of previews is pending soon, so please get in any requests you have for any anime, good or bad, as I always leave the last episode's coverage to the community. That aside, we have Sukumogami Kashimas, or We Rent Sukogami, Sukumogami. A historic piece set in the Edo period, apparently one of the only interesting eras in Japanese history, based on how much they like to set shows and dramas in it. Anyways, we're in the Fukugawa ward of old Edo, what will eventually be known as Tokyo in present time. It is a time where flooding and fires are a lot more frequent and thus leasing out daily items uh, is, uh, rather than outright buying them, has become more of a lucrative business in these times. This anime focuses on the Izumoya shop run by two siblings, Oku and Seiji, who among the set everyday items that they carry possess some Sukumogami as well. Sukumogami are special items that have gained sentience, they're kind of like spirit possessed um, objects, uh, that have gained sentience after 100 years and can move kind of on their own, same way like Toy Story, you know, characters can. Except in this scenario, it's not a secret, at least to the two owners of the store. They know that they can move and talk and, you know. The case of the day is brought to them by the samurai guy who believes that this mouse ornament is a Sukumogami and ran away on its own after a raid on his home by a thief. And it's up to Seiji, Oku, and uh, the Tsukumogami of the store to find out what exactly has went down. In pursuit of the truth, the plot thickens to issues caused by family politics and arranged marriages that will be incredibly tedious for me to write and for you to listen to if I went into detail about it. It all ties neatly around the subject of the missing mouse ornament by the end, while developing the character of one of the main Tsukumogami of the cast, which also happens to be an animal-themed ornament, Bat Boy. He has uh, abandonment issues, basically, being traded off so many times before landing in the store, so if I were to continue the Toy Story parallel, she'd be Jessie. Anyways, the case gets rounded up, Bat Boy seems to recover a bit of his past trauma, and Seiji shows that he reciprocates the flirtatious feelings of his sister earlier, because it turns out they're not blood-related. Well, shit. All that plot summary done, let's go over the thoughts. First off, the show looks really attractive to me. It's super colourful, uh, the animation really pops, and the character design, especially with the variety of Tsukumogami, is pretty good. So as far as I'm concerned, visually, this is one uh, This one has a lot more going for it uh, in terms of presentation. The music is a bit of a mixed bag. Some of it seems to fit the setting, but other tracks are a little bit too electronic and thus jarring. Not least of which was... Um, you know, was the, um, I've just lost my place. Fuck. I had a good flow going there too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the least of which was the opening where the dissonance between the visuals and sounds felt very apparent. Now, despite the presentation, 
Uh, overall, receiving a good grade for me, it does little to serve what is actually kind of a boring plot, if I'm to be honest. Family drama is really already kind of a dull subject on its own, especially when it's presented in an episodic problem of the week sort of scenario, where we don't really care about the parties involved in the family drama. Still, it could have been a good platform to get us into the main character solving the case, but that doesn't work either as Seiji takes up most of the screen time and out of the two siblings, he has less personality than the objects that he leases out, and I'm not talking about the objects that come to life. He is a plank of fucking wood, and his dynamic with his sister does nothing to mitigate this either. He's not bad, he's not as, I mean, she, I mean his sister, is not as bad as Seiji, but doesn't do much this episode beyond smile approvingly, so just like with the last show, I have very little to say about the female lead yet again. The Tsukumogami uh, fare a bit better on the personality department at least, but not enough to carry the show with what they do on screen. Maybe if this show was more had more focus on them, it would work better, but they would also have to be a little bit less one note for that to work, so who knows if it actually would have been a good product either way. Overall, Tsukumogami Kashimas uh, wasn't able to hold my attention very well despite, again, how good it looked and uh, with its dull plot, Stale's Cracker main characters and Bare Bones character arc for Bat Boy, I'm coming across overly negative here. But I do not want to stress. I do want to stress that it isn't entirely bad. I don't think it's actually like that bad at all. Actually, really, there were some things that I did actually enjoy, uh, such as the interesting scene transition technique that was used in the episode, and the fun explanation that relates to old traditions to modern times, like how the animal-themed ornaments were accessories similar to uh, straps and charms that people attach to their phones today. That all was kind of good stuff, and I get the impression that the folks at Telecom Animation Film did put effort into it. This is the same studio whose most notable work is likely, most notable was likely the various adaptations of Lupin uh, III television series. And honestly, I haven't watched anything else they've made, though I've heard Orange seems to be quite well received. Ish. Anyways, I'll probably give this a pass unless I hear something super positive about it in the future. It was previous, like the previous show, kind of a bore, but for different reasons. Okay. Okie dokie. So, Okie dokie. Living Toys, yep. not very, uh, not very interesting. Living Toys! And romantic tension between non-blood related siblings. Spells. Not, yeah. Well, at least she didn't go upstairs and stomp on the floor. No. You know, at this point, that might have been more spicy. Because, like I told you, Seiji is super boring. The guy is, like, fucking oh, are you Are you boring. coming around on that? Are you actually being like, oh, maybe... It, it maybe... would give me something to talk about if it was more like the show that can't be named, you know? Like, there was nothing to talk... Because she hits on him, like, once in the, the show, and that's supposed to be like, oh, there's an attraction. And at the end of the show, he's he doesn't acknowledge her advances. And at the end, when he leaves the house, he's like, by the way, I did think you looked quite cute, you know? But he doesn't say it to her face. But it shows that he reciprocates the feelings. Because, I mean, like... Anybody has siblings knows that you don't typically go to them and go, Hey, I got this new hairpin. How do I look? You know, they're, they're, she's totally flirting with them. And, you know, but they're quite quick to, to throw out the whole they're not related thing. So, right. not Not blood What's related. Not, not blood related. Yeah. Just remember, not blood related. Yeah, I don't understand. They don't even come across like siblings, really. But they don't really come across like a couple you'd want to see, you know, 
go together. It's it was weird because you know they both run the shop and I thought oh this is gonna be interesting because they're siblings we might get a different type of dynamic male and female dynamic than what we're used to seeing in anime, but instead it's like not really romantic but not also not really incestuous and not really it's really not really anything. I guess that's not the main focus. The main focus should be the Tsukumogami, but you know, fifty percent of the show was with like Seiji. It's not really interesting. Yeah. It's a shame because it looks really pretty. The show looks quite good, like I said. I will say, looking at the images, the uh, that one living mm-hmm. was it that the. I'm guessing that's mm-hmm. like one of the dolls from the uh, New Year's. Oh thing. yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. Like, she's yeah. pretty cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, she's got a good character design. Yeah, like I said, the the design on the Sukumogami for in particular are quite nice. They, they, she normally looks like one of those stereotypical like old doll things that you know it's not very moe, but then she becomes moeified when she comes to life. The character designs are fine, but uh, I guess it just goes to show that you know you can't. You have to be the full package. You can't just be good character design visuals. You have to be well written. I don't know if this is that. Okay. Okay. Well, that rounds it out for another episode of Anime Pulse. Kind of like a tidy week, actually. Uh, Very tidy. An hour yes. and a half. I uh, thank everyone for listening, tuning in, and until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong. <laughs>